Welcome back to Two Fries Podcast, where we document the rise of stardom in Winnipeg's talent and personalities, a.k.a. the number one podcast in Winnipeg. Got a great episode for you guys today. I think you're going to enjoy it. Let's go. All right, let's bring on our guest for today. He's a real estate agent, a buyer, an investor, and the owner of Winnipeg Real Estate on Instagram. Here to talk about the current market and educate us. Please welcome Shiraz Ali. Yeah. So uh, is, is real estate your main thing? We're just talking. Yeah. About just yeah. Yeah. Real estate's my main thing. Got it about eight years ago. It's been a blessing and jumped into other businesses. But uh, yeah, it's been, um, you know what? It's, it's, it, Winnipeg's a tough market. It you is. Know, it's booming right now. It's, it's, it's a Canadian issue, man. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a Winnipeg issue. That's interesting. Cause yeah. we're, we're, we're mainly focused on hence 204 Rise. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? I'm going to tell you cause it, like I, like I, I do well in real estate here and sure. I'm ready to like, I built my foundation to know that I could, I could do this faster somewhere else. So yeah, I might eat for a couple of years where I'm at, but I'll be able to scale quicker than anyone else. Right. So end of the day, you guys are young. This is a 21, man. It's cool that you guys are doing this shit. I've been in business since I was 16. Yeah, yeah. Real like estate at sixteen. No, I was in. Uh, I was running. Uh, it's funny. Anyone who's thirty knows this whole story. So when I was sixteen, um, there's no place for like people my age to do anything, right? So what happened was there's various nightclubs across the city, and on we 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 went to the nightclub owners and asked, hey, can we rent out your hall? We want to throw a party for our friends. There'll be no alcohol. But, you know, they could have that nightclub experience mm-hmm. on, like, a long on a long weekend holiday. So let's just say a Sunday where there's no school on Monday. So these nightclub owners were like, yeah, sure. Like, we're not using the hall. Just give us, you know, rent it out or give us a piece of the door cover or whatever it is. So we would uh, we would throw these events. So at first, um, I was at Massey, actually. And then I switched schools to FRC. So I had a pretty big network from both schools. Yeah. And so originally it was just my brother pretty much started the whole thing and it was called Feel the Heat, and it was uh, it was 18 and under events across the city, and we would do this. And at one point, we had Monopoly. We were doing it for for two years. We had Monopoly. Other guys tried to get in the game. They weren't really that successful. And from there, we did invited Massey and FRC, and then what happened was we decided to spread it out, and we invited – we w- went to schools. There was no social media back then, so we had to go with flyers yeah. and – hand it out to people we get kicked out of these schools because we're not from those <laughs> uh, and what happened then we would sneak in in the evenings and put them in lockers yeah and at times we'd have to pay the janitors off to do wow. this and so the, these events the series was called feel the heat they turned from like a hundred people to like 1200 people wow. and we were getting away with charging 10 bucks 10 bucks a head nice well ha- so we did that for years and then i uh my brother took off to calgary sold it i was like I was like 21 at university and you know, you don't want to be associated with 18 and under events at 21. And so from there I was at university. It was just some giggles to be honest. It was fun. We partied a lot. We met a lot of people. That's how my network grew. And a lot of my friends were started as promoters from back then. And now my best friends today. And, uh, from there I was 21 and, uh, my side company was called Ali entertainment. So my last name and then entertainment. And then we, uh, we we started, I started doing 18 plus events. So, I would take, you know, these these different nightclubs, same thing on long weekends, but the APD Plus. But we would do a theme party around. So Valentine's Day event. Uh, we would do, like, a globe party, a white wear white party, uh, boxing day party, et cetera. And so this was going on for a few years. But I was still in school. It wasn't making me tons of money. It was just fun, like, you know, just party. You know, nightclubs had – they pretty much had monopoly at that point. It was hard for me to compete. Yeah. But things started shifting, just like everything shifts. And uh, Facebook came around. And we realized that we could market very easily on Facebook from their their event invites. And this was before you guys were around, but because you guys are younger than me. But back then, it was a lot easier. So we'd literally <laughs> throw a Facebook event, and people would come to our, our parties and our events. And so we'd throw different club events, and it kept going, it kept going. And I was around 24. And then, then I met uh, Steven. So Steven was doing raves. So Sound Republic, yeah, yeah. he was doing a lot of raves across the city. So he had a different clientele. My clientele was top 40, hip-hop. You know, he had the raves, and he comes to me. I think I was, oh, I was like 22 or something, and he comes to me. He's like, he came to one of my events, saw what I did. It was a good event. It was at Dylan O'Connor's. It was a it was a, a pub on Pemina. And I had like a 1,000 people at that event. And comes, and we start talking. He's like, hey, I want to throw a New Year's event. I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. New Year's. That event was, uh, it, it, it happened. Every year we're, there was a main event. It was at Hotel Fort Gary. Nice. And some of my other boys were throwing it. Every year it was packed. And I was like, I don't know if we could compete with this place. Yeah. 
And Stephen's like, let's just try. So we rented out what was back then was the Exchange Event Center, and uh, on Bannatown, which I think it's called that now. But uh, we rented that out, and me, Stephen, and another partner completely filled this room with like twelve hundred people at like it was like fifty bucks a ticket or something. Uh-huh. And that was the first time I felt like real money. Yeah. You know, I made. I think I my take home was like ten or fourteen thousand dollars that night. It was crazy and i was like yo this is crazy you know and i had my i had my birthday event two days before and i did another club party and i had boxing day like two days before that and it was another club party so that week alone i worked my ass off but it was like crazy and then i was like man i made like 25 grand this week yeah and this for you know i'm 20 20, 21 22 and i'm like damn i really felt that type of money right and uh at that point uh, I remember I took off to Toronto for a bit just to kind of clear my. I slept for like a week straight. It was crazy, and went to Toronto for a couple of days. Came back and um, Stephen came to me and he's like, "Hey, I w- I'm opening up. This, I'm turning that exchange event center into a nightclub called Republic." I was like, "Oh shoot!" And he's like, "I want you to come on and promote." I'm like, "All right, cool," and uh, that's where life kind of changed for both of us. We were making tons of money. Uh, we we're that was the hottest club in the city. Line up around the corner. You either had to know me. Or Steven to get in that club. Yeah. <laughs> and we had other part. there was other partners of Steven as well, Deep and Jack. And it was crazy. It was nuts. And uh hottest club in the city for years. Um we had blackberries back then. So I had, <laughs> I had two of two B- blackberries and we were always on BBM. And uh me and Steven both were always looking at our phone. It was crazy. And uh we did that for years and um a few years later, I got into ownership. So uh, we opened up a club called Rot Bar. I bought into a club called Mystique. Um, Steven went and bought into a couple of other ones. I bought Dylan O'Connor's, turned that into Marquee, and that's where I started to really uh, suffocate. Let's just say that's what was the big, big, biggest mistake I did. And some of the promoters today in the city actually come to me and ask me, you know, what do you do wrong? And this is what I did wrong. Um, we tried to grow what we had at Republic. We tried to duplicate and 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 do it more and more and that's where we screwed up and it sunk us both so that's where i started to lose a lot of money um realized i couldn't hold up i think at one point i was like 25 paying like 40k a month in rent at all the places i had and you know you're putting that money out we had a borrow from nightclub put in and we were we're we're under budget and that's when life started really unfolding really badly um and like i said everyone in the 30s kind of know this story they were there with me the whole time um so what there's a few things I, I remember taking about a hundred and sixty thousand dollar loss at Marquee. Um it's <laughs> turned into a show. Um Rot Bar we bought it we got bought out, which I think we made a little bit of profit. Mystique we lost money. I also bought into Republic later, lost money there. Um and I was promoting another club called Opera and then um what else did we have? I was opening up a Vietnamese restaurant. So what happened was, um, it, it was bad, guys. Like it was, it was bad. I dumped in about three hundred thousand at a Vietnamese restaurant, and the best advice I could give any young guys trying to open up a business or a restaurant or a nightclub is, have a lawyer look over your paperwork. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of things that uh, that wasn't done properly with me and my partner, and uh, I lost about a quarter million there. Yeah, so I was thirty. I was uh, probably close yeah. to a million bucks in the hole. A million dollars, I was in the hole. I like I lost like that much. It was like it was like I think like because I borrowed a lot of street money too. So yeah, it was about a mil. Yeah, that, this is just getting started. Yeah, I lost I lost the mill. and yeah, I remember I was like I was like the thing is I was I was in a bad state. I was in like a really bad state. I think I was uh, probably two years depression for sure. Like I was and I I I always tell people that. When, when you're dealing with stuff, what I did wrong in that case was I sheltered myself. I was at my parents' basement at that point, and I was sheltered myself. I'm like, I gotta, I, I, I didn't want to go bankrupt. I'm yeah. like, I have to pay it off. Yeah. And I just had too much pride. I was like, I can't take the easy route out. And I sheltered myself, just pretty much talked to my county. He's like, you got to make a lot of money or you're going to be, you're, you're finished. And I just was like, what am I going to do? Got into real estate. And uh, it was a blessing. I I took that course. I was studying like 40 hours a week, finished it in like a month and a half. Most people take like six months to a year to finish yeah. that thing. I finished it and just started on the grind. I was still promoting here and there. I still some had some high side money coming in. But, man, I was grinding my ass, like busting my ass every day and paid off all that shit. And then got into real estate, learned the game, got into flips, got into this, got into rentals, and then got into other businesses after that. So you had like extreme highs. 
and extreme lows. Exactly. Yeah. That's like bang on. Yeah. And uh, like it's su- it's such a learning thing and it's like such a learning curve and if it's crazy to say that, but if I look back, I would I would I would have done it the same way. Mm. That's like you have to learn, you have to take losses and you have to just get shit on cuz that's no matter what anyone tells you, you're just going to you literally have to learn on your own. Like because yeah, I would have done these. I pro- I wish I failed more. I say that every day. I'm like, man, I was in my 20s. I had nothing to lose. I was at home for most of the time. Like, oh, man, I wish I just tried more businesses and failed. Even today, I still fail, man. I took a bad hit over the three months on another business, right? So, um, you know what? I think it changes when you have kids, when you're married, when you have, you know, different different situations. But, yeah, man, just part of the game man just man like bro you're 20 man like yeah. and taking major major losses yeah, yeah. bro that's gotta like affect you like mentally. you know what's like crazy it? some of the investors were investing in me since i was yeah probably 20 20 21 mm-hmm. and they're still investing with me today yeah because i paid my shit back right so i built pretty good rapport with my people like i take my hits and you know what at the end of the day it's just i think it helped my risk tolerance is super high so i try everything once and if it fails, it fails. If it does, I'll learn from it. And then you just take what you learn from that business and carry it on to the other, right? So it's something that I tell a lot of people. It's just, you know, you're always going to learn. Um, but a lot of other things that change, like, um, you know, I started reading a lot of books about three years ago. So every business book I, like, crushed. Um, you know, that helped. Uh, now I'm on YouTube Premium, Spot, uh, Spotify. Like, I'm listening to podcasts every morning. The f- My First Million is a great podcast for, like, young dudes. If you guys yeah. ever, ever, ever listen to that. But, yeah, it was fun, man. It was cool. So, <laughs> yeah, I have a question. When you were that low, did you ever think you would never get out of it? Yeah. Oh, man, I went to fr- I went to a couple of friends about it. Like, I really, like, I was in a rough state. How did you get out of it? Man, honestly, it's more of a, like I said, like, there was a lot of things I learned from that, but it was just, you have to, I think when you fall that low and you have no other choice, mm-hmm. your back's against the wall, yeah. you're going to, you're going to, you're going to figure it out, right? So, you know, there's things that I learned at that point, but a lot of things turned bad after that too with the way I uh, didn't trust anyone. So based on, you know, obviously a lot of it's my fault. I always take blame, even though my partner did screw me over. I'm not, everybody kind of knows that whole story, but m- I will still take blame on myself for not lowering it. I'm not putting myself in the proper position. Um, those type of situations, you, it's kind of like if you got cheated on by a chick, you're probably never going to, you're probably never going to yeah. trust a chick again, right? Yeah. I was the same way. I just didn't trust anyone that came to my life. And I was really close, shel- very sheltered, and it caused issues. Uh-huh. And uh, one of my mentors, who's one of my investors, told me, Shaz, you have to change it up. You have to you have to let people back into your life. And, you know, that helped. Um, but, like, yeah, it's just, it's it's tough. It's it's just when you're back against the wall, you're going to bust your ass to do whatever you got to do to get back, get back on your feet. What was that grind like? You were back against the wall. Oh, was There's crazy. thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. It was crazy. I got on payment plans for most of those guys, so it was yeah. good. Um, you know what? The lawyers helped. There was a lot of lawyers involved at that point that were helping the situation. They kind of knew uh, my situation. I was really open about it. Like, I was just like, I, w- I was always the guy that never lied about anything. I just kind of said it how it is, and that's it. Um, whether I was high or whether I was low, I was, I, you know, I was pretty honest about it all. And then, you know what? It, it was good. I felt like nobody wants, if you are in debt, if you if nobody wants you to go bankrupt because they'll never collect, that's the truth. So the system kind of works in your favor if you're trying to make these payments, you're trying to settle, right? And just be honest and upfront with the people you owe money, and it'll be all. Let's let's take a little outside look. So talk about like how you grew up in Winnipeg and how'd you get started in all these businesses? Yeah, born and raised here. So my parents went to Gordon Bell. I went to Massey. Uh, well, Bonnie Castle, Leach, and Massey. So I grew up in Waverly Heights and. From there, I went to FRC. So, yeah, literally just, I grew up with a, because back then, there wasn't that many brown kids south Winnipeg back then. So I was like, I had to grow up with everybody else, right? So, you know, I got to know them. Like, I got into rock music. I got into hockey. Like, I got into stuff that, like, typical brown dudes wouldn't get (laughs) into, right? Now we live in Canada and everyone's getting into it, right? Now it's so multicultural. But back then, I was able to really grasp every single culture um, that which was a blessing for me was able to build that multicultural friendship with everybody across you know uh, across the city um, from Vietnamese to Filipino to a- any culture I'm friends with them mm-hmm. um, that was a blessing that was the best thing that ever happened in Winnipeg that's the thing I owe Winnipeg everything to is the multiculturalism is being brought up 
with everybody. And that's the one thing about Winnipeg compared to the other cities like we were talking about that this city has. Some of the nicest people I've ever met by far. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, you, you said you were 21, like, making 21 grand a night. Or like in a week, in a week, in a week, right? Bro, that kind of money is dangerous at that age. Um, what was that feeling like? It was stupid. I was living a weird life, man. Like I was traveling a lot. Um, that was a that was that was a weird phase in life. <laughs> partying a lot. Um, it was wild, man. It felt <laughs> like a little movie, a little rock star movie. We were traveling lots. I was covering bills, you know, at the at the bars that we had unlimited tabs. It yeah. was crazy, man. I think the most I ever made was, in one night, was about sixteen thousand. Yeah, was, was, was that the life you wanted, though, as a kid? You know what? <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I think I just, at that point, I just wanted to be popular and make friends, though, I think. Yeah. I think uh, I think I was having a lot of fun. I don't think it was the life I wanted. I think I always wanted to be in business. I always wanted to do big things. That's what I wanted to do. I think that industry, I wish I got out of it earlier, to be honest. Like, I wish I got out of it, like, 26 instead of 28, 30. Um. I wish I got definitely got out of that. Um, I think it was great. Like I learned a lot about business. I learned a lot about leases. I learned about lots about marketing. I learned lots about shareholders. I learned it was just kept going, going and partners. And I learned so much in that industry. And I st- and I remember, man, some of the some some of the old owners used to like, like I was the young one. I was very immature, and they would they would yell at me and tell me stuff. And I look back now, and I'm like, man, they were right, right. Yeah. So it's like I learned so much in that industry that. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't something I wanted to do forever. I I honestly don't I don't drink, I don't go out, I don't I don't step out at all. Like I'm I'm in bed at 10, like that's the <laughs> life I live now, right? Yeah, I, I have no desire to get back into those industry. And to be honest, uh the margins are shit Yeah. in in that industry from restaurants to hospitality to nightclubs, the margins are garbage. These guys don't make like no offense, but there's a lot of guys that don't make a lot of money and that's where it's like do you want to really bust your ass and take all that risk for little return? Yeah. Not for me. How do you do it right, though? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. To be honest, I've been out of the game for so long. Um, I think now things are a lot different. So just a heads up, if you're talking about like the nightclub industry, and we can even talk about restaurants. Back then, um, it was it was harder to meet chicks. It yeah. was harder to meet dudes. So you had to go out. Um, and people weren't that healthy. Like, man, I see the girls at the gym at 21. I'm like, I think can't be 21, you know? So back then, um, we never had the health conscious environment, you know? So people, people didn't put care what they put in their body. So the world is a better place now for sure than back then, I would say. But back then you had to go out to meet people. Um, now I don't, I don't think what's the point. You don't want to, you want to go to a club, spend 500 bucks in a night. No, hell no. People are traveling now. People are taking their bodies. People are meeting on Tinder or Bumble or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, I think the game's completely changed. I don't think there's any desire to go out maybe to dance or still party here and there, but a lot of my friends don't do it anymore. What about like the business world in general? Like how many of these restaurants or clothing brands or other things are actually doing it and how many of them are just it's tough man to be honest i think like 80 percent of them are probably suffering or just barely making ends meet and that's the truth um the restaurant business is tough i've seen some people do really well like locally my buddy Dimitri at george's has killed it um sun fortune restaurant so there's small restaurants here and there that have done well my parents had a restaurant growing up on pemina so back then, um, they were like the first Pakistani restaurant to open up. They actually owned the building too, which makes a big difference. Yeah, so okay. I always paid rent, and that's what killed me. But owning property um, is is pretty much the play. Then you have a lot of options once you own the property. That goes with restaurants, clubs too, because you know that's the that's really the asset in this whole game. I always tell people if you want to get in the restaurant industry, you better have a stomach for it. And with these days, with Skip the Dishes, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. I think you're better off opening up a takeout restaurant with low overhead, low staff, and literally like load up the meat, load up and just just do a volume game, do yeah. eight bucks a dish and blow it out, right? Um, if you're looking in a financial way, right, and that's how I would do it. I'd open up a place, grab a place for fifteen hundred bucks a month rent, be me and two friends, and we're just we're making we're making money for sure. Yeah. And make sure the food's good and we just rely on those food apps. That's how I would do it. Now, you have these ghost kitchens that are popping up and stuff. I don't know too much about it. I think the business of ghost kitchens is pretty cool um, because anyone could use it for catering. Anyone that wants to, you know, make food. they ha- Anyone else wants to sell on a Facebook marketplace have to make it in a commercial restaurant. They could use those ghost kitchens, weddings, etc. So there's a lot of avenues to monetize these ghost kitchens. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the restaurant, unless restaurant stuff like that, clubs, unless you have a stomach for it, don't get in that game. Let, let, let's transition the conversation into real estate. Now. Yeah. You took big losses, 21, young age. Still take losses. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like major yeah. ones, right? Like yeah. d- at 28, you're taking severe losses. Yeah, it's crazy. What was, that, what was that transition like to real estate where you can actually make some real money? You know what? The thing about real estate, I think I came in with too much of an ego. I was like, oh, I came from the club industry. I know everybody in the city. I'm going to kill yes. it. Yeah. It wasn't like that. It didn't. It did not transition, man. And I had to rebrand myself, which right. was an issue. So people, are like, oh, that's a club, that's a restaurant. And now I have to be known as the realtor. Now people see me and they know me as the realtor, right? So it took a long time. It took a lot of money too. I was spending money on billboards. I was doing marketing. But what I realized is it wasn't as easy. And there's things that if if there's new realtors, there's things that I wish I did. Was I wish I did more open houses. I wish I had a better follow up system. I wish I worked with a new builder to learn more about houses. Um, uh, you know, and to get some clientele. I wish I shadowed or had a mentor and I didn't have one back then. So there's four or five things I would have done differently for sure. But, you know, I got back on my feet probably like two or three years after real estate and then got into other investments and brought my investors back on from flipping houses to rentals, et cetera, et cetera. And then, yeah, it was fun. Like there's pros and cons of real estate. Do I love real estate? To be honest, I don't. I'm just very good at it. Um, but some of the people I meet are great. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, Today's today's a big big real estate day, and I'm not gonna have fun with it. So. <laughs> but but why real estate? Um, why not just yeah. you know get a nine to five job? Get I couldn't know. do that. No? Yeah, nine to five wasn't what I I know I can't do. That. I gotta work for myself. I'd rather work sixteen hours a day and then see my friends do this. You know, see my family whenever I want. Mm-hmm. I was never a nine to five guy. I'll tell you something that I think I read in some book or some business mentor told me or people I was around. There was three ways in business that can make money. Um, that isn't like tech or startups or whatever. And it was in this order, insurance, finance, or real estate. Yeah, it goes on those those three. You grind it out, you bust your ass and you network, you'll do pretty well in those fields. And um, I decided to choose real estate. What was that grind like? Um, it was good. It was it was different. I you know, I I totally because we do have an office and I wasn't used to like I always worked for myself, but even though as a realtor you do work yourself, but I wasn't used to like realtor drama and like realtors <laughs> talking crap. I was just like, yo, and I was I was confused. I was like, is this like normal? And one of my accounts like, dude, it's like in every it's in every industry. You're just not used to it, right? Yeah. And so I wasn't really and I was never that guy either to like gossip or talk. And I was just like, yo, this is weird. Like, I'm like this is just I guess this is the industry. Um, and so I was more of, I would say I'm more of a businessman than realtor, you know, like I was, I'm never here to sell anyone anything. If the house isn't for you, the house isn't for you. Um, I think that's the way most realtors should approach their job because we do have a bad rap as used car sales guys. You're just trying to push in. I was never that guy. I was just like, and I, I have clients today. I'm like, just tell me what your wants and needs and I'll make sure to find you the best house. Here are the comparables, show you the proper, proper price range for this house. And th- that's it. But uh, I think people, especially realtors here, um, they don't want to grind it out. They don't want to work. They want to work day to four and go home to yeah. make, make, sell their few houses. That's it. Is, is there competition? Yeah, there is. We have it's Winnipeg's one of the most saturated markets, just like everything else, restaurants. So we have seven hundred fifty thousand people in Winnipeg, like twenty eight hundred or twenty two hundred realtors or something. How do you deal with that? How do you stand out? Uh it's different. You know, you I, I think uh end of the day it's like any business you know, there's that eighty twenty rule, yep. right? Um twenty percent or control eighty percent of the market yep. and when in in when in real estate and finance insurance more like ninety ten ten percent control the show. Yeah. So if you're not in that ten percent you ain't making much money. Um and you just build on it, right? So obviously referrals is big. I spent a lot of money on marketing guys like this from podcast to video, like I have Prolex Media. I got guys, I try everything from Facebook ads, I do webinars every month that have been amazing. Um I do mailers I do it all, man. Like, I do it all. Like, so it's just you test out different things, see what works, and then take it from there. Right? It, is it always a constant, like, changing industry, or is it ever ever steady? Because, like, oh, the market can go as crazy right now, yeah, right? Yeah, it's crazy. But, but there's times where it's, like, very low. So how do you deal with that? Um, You know what? I This is the first in eight years of doing real estate. This is the first time I've seen the market like this. Yeah. So it's definitely in the seller's market. Um, when it's low, you're more working on towards buyers, right? So there's buyers and there's sellers. So at the end of the day, as much as people want to say, oh, you shouldn't set January's off. I know a lot of realtors take off in January. I had a killer January. Yeah. I just had a killer week in February in minus 40 weather, right? So it's like 
uh, you'll put in no matter how tough things get. If you work, you grind, you'll be able, you you'll do well. So it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Does it come down to volume in the end? Because we were looking at like other real estate agents, like in New York or yeah. like Ryan Serhant or people like those. Yeah. If if you're only making a certain amount off of one property, those guys in New York only got to sell one property yeah. versus Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg's a volume game, and honestly, there's not much money here. I sold 92 houses last year, and I didn't make much money. If I sold 92 houses anywhere else, I'd probably make, like, let's just say, sure. Texas, yeah, two and a half to three million dollars a year. That's insane. So, then, so yeah. then, my question is like, why, why here? Like, and that's why, what why I'm. That's, that's why I'm thinking about leaving now. Yeah, that's <laughs> the truth. So. Yeah, it's, you build a foundation. I think Winnipeg's a great testing ground. Um, we're a testing ground for a lot of things. A lot of people yeah. and I from restaurants, call centers, real call center capital. Winnipeg's a very, at the end of the day, average salary is a lot lower here, and there's not enough growth. So if it works here, you'll make it anywhere else. There's a, that's a really known yes. say. If you make it Winnipeg, you make yeah, it yeah. anywhere else, right? So, yeah, no, build a foundation, learn the game, and then obviously friends and family play, play a huge part. I think I'm at that age now where it's like my friends are all married. Right, so it's like okay, I think I'm ready to leave because I never see you guys, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> I want to get into like getting the first sale, right? Like you were pretty young when when that first sale. What was that feeling like, man? You close a contract, you close a deal. Yeah, it was a condo in Pemina. Yeah, that one didn't feel too well. I sold it to my parents. <laughs> okay, second one felt pretty good. The second one uh, was one of my close friends. He built a house mm-hmm. in South dude you know why i felt okay man i'm still learning the game it doesn't it's not as exciting as you think man to be straight with you um or maybe i've just been in business for so long and nothing really excites me yeah <laughs> but um yeah no it was it was cool i never really gave it a second thought though i was like yeah. cool that was it yeah have you ever like like the thing that like creamy like seeing from a young age i'm like yo my dad's a contractor, so he works with new builders, right? Yeah. Um, and I see that industry, and I'm like, that's potentially it has like the chance to where you can make some real money in that industry. Is that is that a valid statement or? Um, you can make money. It's just not as much money as anywhere else, mm-hmm. right? So, that's where it's like, yeah, don't get me wrong. You can make money doing anything, especially right now. You could be anywhere in remote learning, COVID, four hour work week, like all of this. You know, everyone's everyone's working from home now, so. You could be anywhere, but um, there is more money anywhere else, yeah. 100%. I think if you're trying to make a living, I think Winnipeg's a great place. I think you're trying to, you know, make some money in Winnipeg and live a normal life. Winnipeg's awesome. But if you're trying to do, like, next-level stuff, like, that I'm trying to do, uh, it's not here for me, right? So I don't think – I think that's all of Canada. But real estate-wise, it makes more sense to go to Toronto where commissions are 5% or Vancouver where houses are $2 million, yeah. right? Um, and you know what? This winter does suck. Showing houses in this weather is like it's it's not fun, right? So it's, I'd rather be showing houses in you know nicer ni- 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 nicer climates for sure. Mm. So you've been in a wide range of like businesses. What kind of skills did you learn like in your early ages that apply to your marketing has been my main thing. So I would say that's my strength in business. I suck at a lot of things too. Like I'm not the best in management. Um, marketing has been great, um, and that's where I just kind of keep up to date with different things, read the books, and just see what other people are doing try to duplicate um but that's been great um and having the eye for competition one thing that i've always been good at is looking at if a, someone comes up with a business idea i really study the competition uh and see if there's a gap see what they're doing right see what they're doing wrong and if there's a gap i'll jump in right so i've been studying some of the realtors out in texas and i've seen people do good things i've seen people do a lot of crappy things so seeing what the top guys are doing and being like well is there room for me to kind of jump in here right and i saw it in vancouver too a lot of cutthroat realtors that are extremely doing extremely well you have a white guy that speaks fluid mandarin got guys doing video it's crazy out there right sure i mean you're not only in real estate you're also an investor so how do you go from an investing point well, I think it depends what type of investor you are, right? So from he, for me, it's 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 been it's been mostly long term rentals. Um, I think that is where you'd study the market for about a year, understanding the areas and rental markets, depending where it is. That's why I never really invest in other cities yet. Just I don't feel comfortable. Um, I've always entertained Toronto and stuff, um, but and you do realize um, you do get more appreciation there. But with Winnipeg, I like the long term wealth that you can yeah. build here with long term rentals. So, yeah, and then, of course, with stocks and other stuff that I'm invested in, too, completely different uh, away from, from real estate. But I mean, what about, like, the future in terms of 
real estate, right? If you look at all this, everything's going digital, the metaverse, all yeah. that stuff. Wh- where do you see the real estate industry going? Uh, the real estate metaverse thing is I have an Oculus. I use it all the time. Um, I take meetings in there for Stock Sharks, my other business. Um, I love it. I enjoy it. Sometimes it's better than the real world. I play poker there Saturday nights with people with members across the world. It's pretty cool. So <laughs> I do enjoy it. Um, lot of tweaks still. I think that's still five or ten years, but uh, ten years into the future. There's a lot of tweaks that need to be made for that for that program or for for that type of technology. I think there's going to be room in the met. These guys are. So this is the issue with the metaverse. Everyone's buying these lands and yachts. There's going to be like three or four metaverses out there, right? That's how I see it. I think Facebook Horizons is probably going to be one of the bigger ones just because they own the data and uh-huh. they're spending $12 billion a year on it. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, there's going to be room for realtors. Uh, but I think it's just – I think people are pushing that too much right now and they just kind of need to chill out on it. Is that is that going to be the future though? Like do you think at, like our reality will ever be in the metaverse? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think it's there. Um, Like, I see it now. I think working. So, imagine you're on Tinder and you swipe right. You're going to put on your glasses and you're going to be on a coffee date with this chick. Like, that's yeah. where I see that. You want to take your meeting. Okay, the end. there goes Zoom. You're in a meeting now, like how we're doing it. For sure. But at the end of the day, people will still want to communicate and talk to people. But yeah. the metaverse is cool. How I see the metaverse and why it's so cool, it's you can be anyone you want on it. You know, that's how I see it. If you're fat, you're ugly, whatever, you're, 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 you don't want to be, you hate people, blah, blah. You could go into this world and be anyone you want. And I think that's where, you know, you're going to see a lot of different things. And you're going to see a lot in, like, seniors, especially with COVID now, um, you know, talking to their grandkids. You know, people that can't be at a show or a concert can be there in the metaverse or a basketball game. Like, I do see it mm-hmm. uh, happening, but... At the end of the day, I, I the whole buying real estate and stuff in the metaverse is kind of crazy. Don't get me wrong. I bought a piece of lot on Winnipeg and on the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> something called After Earth or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know. Some couple of Ethereums or something. Stupid. Uh, we'll see what happens. Are, are you diversified in your portfolio in terms of investing? Yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm very high risk, though. So I got a lot of Bitcoin, yeah. Ethereum, stocks. Big into, like, big data AI stuff. Um, than real estate. And and would you recommend that people, no, not financial, advice, not, financial not, not a financial, but like in terms of just um, having multiple streams of income and like <sighs> as, a, as a young age or even when you're older? Depends on your risk tolerance, to be honest. Yeah. I think if you're trying to play it safe, buy some rental properties, put your money in the SP500, the SPY ETF, where you're going to get 8 to 20% returns a year. Um, I think that's a pretty safe play. When it comes to, um, you know, equities, um, tech, it's more risky. Right, so I'm very high risk. I'm going long on China right now. I bought a lot of crypto, um, well, mostly just Bitcoin. Um, so it's just like, yeah, you know, it depends on your risk tolerance. So, <laughs> how much money are you making <laughs> right now? Can uh, you say? We actually, we lost a lot. Of we money don't have to put see. it on. We don't have to put no, it on record. No, I, 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 strictly real estate. That's mostly real estate. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, like I would me, put me looking at that. Yeah. I'm like, that's where I kind of want to be, right? Yeah, but you so could do that in a lot of different fields. I, to be straight with you, I lost 275 grand in three weeks off a of stock. <laughs> Two stocks. And that, doesn't, that doesn't, like, worry you or nothing? Or I What happened is, I once again, I learned from the mistake here, and uh, I was talking to the stock stress guys, and they're, they, they knew I made this trade. It was a either make $3 million or lose it all trade. Uh, so I made the trade, like, last year. Yeah, a lot of people knew about this trade. Even in Winnipeg, they knew. And uh, what I what I did wrong was I borrowed too much from the broker, so I, it was pretty much a margin, and it was keeping me up at night. I kept having to put money in, and then it was. Thank God I closed it because I would have been down a lot more. And I had a feeling it was the markets were going to get that bad, and uh, I I had to close it. And I took the hit. Does that does the industry ever scare you? Yeah, like. like Man, stocks? Like, yeah, oh. stocks, like real estate, like whatever you say. Real man, estate like, doesn't scare me. Real estate, okay. real estate, I have that. That's it. That's it. Asset. That's light work. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. You know what? The, even some stocks, I don't care. The reason this one's scary is I borrowed from, I was on a margin. So I borrowed. I was highly leveraged. So the best advice I give people if you're trading the stock market, use your own cash. Don't borrow borrow cash from the broker. Uh, don't go and, don't go and leverage. And I've seen people do it, and I just pretty much blew up my account. But to be honest, I was on like a four-year bull run on in the stock market. So... All good things come to an end, guys. Like, it's just, you know, it's okay. That hurt, though. Hurt a lot. (laughs) 
I can imagine. Well, I mean, no, I can't imagine because I'm not uh, in that situation. Oh, yeah, I got pretty bad. I had to sell my Lambo. I was like, oh, man, the things are getting pretty tough. I had to sell oh, it. Whoa, whoa. Bro, you have a Lambo? Yeah. Oh, you guys knew that? No. Oh. Is it outside? No, it's sold now. It's gone back to Vancouver. But, yeah, oh, I was getting man. tough, and I had to sell it, man. Okay, lifestyle. Let's talk I, about the yeah. lifestyle because yeah. those are dreams that we aspire to be. Oh, right? like I have a picture, young though, I have so a picture cool. of a Lamborghini in my room. So every right? brown kid wanted a Lambo. Exactly. I was the one that grabbed it. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was, so this is funny about the Lambo. So last December, I had an I8, the BMW Yeah, I8, 98. Okay. And sorry, um, yeah. I had a sick car. I love that car. Yes. And uh, what happened was, I was playing the stock market. This is right at the beginning of COVID. Okay. <laughs> And I made a trade. I put a hundred grand in stock, and I and I turned it to three hundred thousand in like three months. Wow! That was crazy. It was stock was called Palantir. I'm still in that stock. It's low right now, but I, I have a position. And I closed half the trade, and I paid off the I8. I was like, hey, cool, whatever. Like, yeah, I was sick. I8's paid off now. You know, I financed it or whatever's done. And then like February, and March came around, and I was like getting like I'm getting bored. I'm like, you know, the <laughs> I8's gonna come out in the summer. Do I really want to drive it still? Oh, no. Yeah. And there was a Lambo on the market. There's a few. There's a white one, there's a black one. And um, I just started inquiring. Just, hey, I have an IA. I'm thinking about training in. Yeah. And then my buddy Amir at Amir, uh, Miracle Autos, I take call. He's my car guy. So I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about buying. He's like, yeah, we, we can make it work. He's like, your payments will be a lot less than the BMW, blah, blah, blah. You traded in. And then, yeah, pretty much did a deal with August Motors and BC, who are really well known to do like the exotic cars in Canada. And the customer, they kept in touch with me and then grabbed it, came, drove it around for four months, sold it, made a, made a profit, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, And that was the end of that. So my advice is like, it's funny because people, I was driving the shit out of that car too. I was a uh, black hurricane yeah. and uh, with uh, yeah green interior. That's and I was sick. That's sick. And I sold it, made a profit, which is crazy. And, uh, and that was the end of that. I'll probably never buy a nice car again. Man, you're living the, you're living every kid's dream. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. yeah now now it's like i'm over it though yeah so i like i i think you know i'm 37 i'm not married well pretty much going to be soon but i was 37 uh you know what it's it's not even i'm not kidding no more right so yeah. i think uh it was it was a cool lifestyle but i took the hits and i've always liked cars you know it was i was the same thing i was wanted a lambo since kindergarten and i was like i'm gonna buy one one day yeah and i bought one and then i was I swear to God, after a month, I was like, yeah, whatever. This is useless. It's loud. It's annoying. It's too low. Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially you in Winnipeg. Know? Yeah, Lowe's, I was man. just like, <laughs> my neighbors are pissed off. And yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, that was the that was the end of that. And I had fun, and I'll probably never buy another Lambo again. Was, was it cool. was it worth it? Like, uh, Yeah, I made money on it. Yeah. Yeah. So was it worth it? You know what? To be honest, I've always liked cars. I'm Like I said, once you have a Lambo, it's kind of over after that. It's like, what are you going to buy after, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, but it it was it was cool. You guys will get there. I swear to God, anyone who ever wanted a Lambo could buy a Lambo. Yeah, I just got really lucky when I bought it when I sold it. Sure. Yeah. Was but it like? Does it ever feel surreal? Like the lifestyle you live? Like no, not anymore, man. You know what? I think in my early twenties it was. Yeah. I think that was like I woke up like holy crap, I'm living like a dream. I think as I got older, like I bust my ass, man. Yeah. Like I, I like I like every day I'm up early. Uh, I grind, I'm reading, like I'm always doing something to like just educate myself and learning anything. I'm always networking. So I wouldn't say now it's worth it. I think I'm just that old dude that that was like, one of the things left on my bucket list. You know, there's a few other things. Go to Super Bowl, go to World Cup, mostly sporting events and yeah. stuff. But yeah, like I've done, I, I had fun, man. Vegas trips, like did it all. Miami, just <laughs> had fun, man. So a lot of people have these goals, right? Yeah. Especially at young age, like we're, we're aspiring to, to do similar or like, you know, live the lifestyle that we want but there's a lot of people who don't achieve that so what do you think separates you from like actually achieving it and not achieving something um i i think people can achieve anything they want it's just you have to do your homework you have to educate yourself and you gotta bust your ass i don't think anyone can achieve anything i think my situation would be different would i buy a lambo if i had a family and kids probably not sure. right but it was my situation at that time where i was able to do the stuff like that and in my early 20s was I able to do all that partying and and take the risk losing all the money yeah because i was living at home at mo for most of the part and then at the same time i didn't have a family i didn't have kids there's no responsibility so i think it depends on the person's life situation but when it comes to achieving your goals whether it's a big house or a lamp or whatever the case is um you'll achieve it 100 yeah. percent. once you figure out okay well what are the steps first you have to have the dream then you gotta figure out the goals to reach that dream and then you gotta figure out the steps you know, in order to to put to make that happen, and 
it's the steps where it gets and it's also industry to be honest like i see guys on tiktok making millions youtube etc so like things have changed now but it all depends on industry right um and your city too where you're like well who's your competition how much you coach profit margins but i don't think people are trying to achieve those dreams i think people are now especially because a guy who've had a lot of toys um I think more people are more into lifestyle, more into traveling, more into taking it easy. I don't think people are, you know, more, they're more, more chill, man, for sure. There's so many jobs out there right now. Nobody wants to, have my friends that have businesses can't hire anyone. Nobody wants to work. Do, do you think it's like, nowadays, is it is it more about being comfortable or is it more about like reaching certain like. Oh, I'm on a next, next goal, man. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. My next goal is like. It's it's like yeah I got goals like I got like I want to get to a hundred homes like only a yeah. hundred homes I wanna I got goals I want I want to take over the next city I'm in so it's like it's like different goals stock shows I got plans with that to try to build that up uh yeah I got goals I got but dreams I still got dreams but it's not like material stuff so yeah. you'll get over I have no material I have nothing material wise that I want yeah at all. Like nothing. There's not one single thing I want material wise. I'm curious to see where you get that like mentality because like we're looking at it. I'm sitting here. I'm like, you know, my goal is to drive a ghost, like a Rolls Royce ghost. Yeah, sick. Yeah, like yeah, that, 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 that's sick car. <laughs> like that, I, I want that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, okay, from listening from like, for example, like mentors like you, where like you've dri- driven a Lamborghini, is it really worth it? Um, no, yeah. it's not. To be straight with you, like I think so. At the end of the day, like let's, you could go like what a uh, ghost is what half a million. Yeah, something. Okay, like so yeah. what you put in, you pretty much, if you want, you could put 150k down, slam 150k down, make 150k, slam it down, finance the rest, drive it for a year and sell it, right? Yeah. Maybe take a 10k loss or whatever. So it's like it's it's definitely doable, right? Obviously, you have to make that first 150k or whatever, but or whatever it is, um, like it's doable. But is it like, are the toys worth it? No, absolutely not. It's just just it was just one of those things where we wanted and you have fun with it for a certain time and then it's over. When like we live in a social media world, so do you do you when you see people like flexing their cars or flexing their you know fancy watches whatever, do you look at it a different eye? Um, like, do you see through that? Well, lens? I I had a post on my on my Instagram. I actually took it off because um, the same thing you get the hate, right? Um, I realize that small minded people will probably hate. Yeah. Right. I think uh, people that have them bigger 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 mentalities you know they don't care i think it's important to whatever makes you happy you should do if something i have a so this is crazy i have a friend who spends so much money on shoes it will blow your freaking mind and he doesn't even wear these shoes; just collects them like they're 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 obviously valuable to him and he 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 was having problems and uh his wife i'm like bro you enjoy it and do it like is it, if it's, if if you enjoy it, do it. I had another friend, same thing, into Versace. He wears like Versace at the gym, bro. <laughs> like he's it's crazy. And <laughs> same thing with him, same issues. I'm like, yo, man, if you enjoy it, do it. And that's where I stick with it, man. If it makes you happy, do it. If it makes you happy, I think everyone should. There's some. I don't take many pictures, and I feel like I should be taking more pictures. I think it's like you should, you know, keep those memories. You should, you know, like people are gonna hate no matter what, whether you do it or you don't. People are gonna. It's Winnipeg, or it's can, or it's the world. It's just how it is, right? Um, it's just people are gonna hate no matter what. They're gonna hate on you whether you post it or not. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So, so so where do you find that balance? Like balance between like actually wanting to be like a multi-millionaire and then finding a balance between a happy life. You could be happy though. I'm not multi-millionaire yet. Yeah. But uh, you could. You know what the thing about happiness and uh, like I'm happy. I'm super happy. I've uh, I've been happy for a while, but. I don't happy. I always tell people this, like it's about like reaching your full potential, right? So, me, I love starting businesses, trying new things. Like I'll never retire. I don't even think of money. I don't think of it as like I don't look at dollars now anymore because like I live a pretty simple life, guys. Like yeah, sure, I'll you know I I don't drink, I don't party, I don't do anything. So it's like I live a very simple life now, and. It's so just it's more so of I like the I love the game, man. I yeah. love the game of business. I don't care what business I'm in, it's just like I wanna play and I wanna be the best at it. And it's more of like I think maybe because I grew up playing sports, I was that competitive. But today I am still that competitive just in business. Mm-hmm. That's what I love. But yeah, you guys will get to a point where you realize that it's not about money. Yeah. Yeah. You'll make money. I swear to God, you guys are twenty one, you guys are doing these big things right now. You guys will make more money than me. Well, as you guys get older and you'll see it and then you'll be able to look back at this podcast and be like, damn, Shaz was right. <laughs> Actually, doesn't mean 
Because at the end, what do you have? You have your health, you have your family, you have your friends, and your deathbed. You're gonna you're gonna think about the stories. Like I could look back at all the stories I had with my boys in my twenties from those club days, and I'd be like, and that's what you're gonna be talking about the good old days, right? The trips you went on with your friends, you know, your family, your your your, your parents, and like that's where that's where the most important part is, and that's why I can't work for anyone because I want to see my friends and family whenever I want, right? What does like your daily life look it's like? Crazy. Now? It's crazy. I know. F- consistently, uh, for a while, I was awake at four thirty, five thirty every day. Mm-hmm. So I'd get up, go to the ba- I'd go to the gym, come back, protein shake, and usually before eight a.m. If I get that out of the way by eight a.m., my phone's ringing. So emails, everything else, it's just it's go time, then work. And so the odd days where it's just strictly content, which is now Friday. So for stock sharks and real estate. Um, then I have a team, which have been great. So I got a lot of realtors that are helping me out. So showing houses, um, running around, delivering checks, stuff like that. Um, do that and then see my friends and family whenever I can. And then I'm pretty much working till like nine, 10 and then pass out, do it again. It's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. It does feel like work. It's you like work the consistency yourself. aspect. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You guys could be doing this all day and enjoy it. You get to meet two. Meet I love meeting people too. Likewise, yeah, yeah that's what it's fun, right? You get to yeah. learn from them, right? You learn from me. I'll learn from you guys. Mm-hmm. Even this whole setup, like I'm going to learn from it, right? So, at the end of the day, it's just like that's what you want to continue to do is just learn from people, man, and just enjoy it, enjoy the process. I'm curious to see. We asked Stephen the same question from your young age. Like, what lessons did you learn that you continue to apply to this day? <sighs> me and Stephen are actually pretty much the same dudes. Like, yeah. we went through the same hell. Um, I got out of that game. He, I think he's still in it. Uh, I love Steven. Um, but the same lessons is same thing, man. We busted our ass back then too. No matter what anyone says, I was, yeah, we were having fun, but man, we were, I remember I'd be on a trip. I'd be busting. He was traveling lots too. And we were, we were still working every day on our laptops. We were, we never took anything for granted. Um, and it's just same thing. You're going to learn, you know, the, 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 the stuff that we learned, the high leases, the personal guarantees we put in dealing with landlords, dealing with suppliers, contractors. We got burned so much. There's another uh, business we had, Rec Room. So the original Rec Room was me and Steven we, we, and a bunch of other partners. Um, and like The one on Sterling? No, they, they pretty much took our name. Oh. So we actually had the original Rec Room uh, awesome. on Pemina, and we lost. I lost so much money on that business, and our contractor burned us. And it was just – Steve. Like it was the worst – situation that we got into is supposed to be a sports lounge same thing ping pong tables arcades everything and just a complete show man and so like we and the thing is we started that business and we got burned by a contract and i got burned on another contractor another business so going into real estate i realized right away i gotta watch out for these contractors right so yeah you know don't cheap out like pay your contractors for peace of mind get a contract all the same stuff you learn in business, you learn it throughout. It's the same same process in it, different businesses. How important is networking? Uh-huh. Um, networking is important now. It's awesome because it's more virtual now, right? So um, it's crazy because, like, best example, StockSharks, the, the financial education business I started. We have members across the world. There's, like, no members in Winnipeg or a few. But um, 200 bucks American a month, you know, it's a community. It's like Wall Street bets, except people people pay for the membership and it's more exclusive. So you get our research and our education. And that business was built on social media. And I have people in stock shares I never met that I'm super close with yeah, because right, we talk every day. And so that's a cool thing where it's like networking is important. And networking now, you got to network everywhere, right? And I think I'm at a great age, though. So you guys grew up with the internet. I was actually t- explaining to my mom this. I was at her, her place the other day having chai and i was like talking <laughs> to her how how much of a good situation i'm in right now because when i was 20 a 30 or 40 or 50 year old wouldn't listen to me right because i'm too young you don't know what the hell you're talking about yeah today as you guys grew up with the internet and uh, we were outside when i was here just playing basketball and stuff riding bikes like that but today at 37 now a 50 year old will listen to me because i'm 37 i'm mature and I'll listen to the 21-year-old because I know they, that they're smart as hell and they grew up with the internet. Yeah. But a 21-year-old won't be able to really communicate with a 50-year-old. So I feel like the 30s now in businesses, like b- business people, will have the best opportunity to learn from both angles. And so, like, whenever I'm talking to 21, like, you guys and 23-year-olds, like, I'm listening. Like, I, I learn more from you guys than I learn from the old guys. Mm-hmm. Old guys are still old school, you know, real estate, some sh- ETFs or whatever it is. But, like, the young guys are more risk calculated, knows what's going on. So I have to listen to you guys, right? Because 
yeah, you guys are just smart as hell. Like in that trade though, like where do you find that balance, right? Because like you you also know what you're talking about. Yes, no, I don't know. I'm yeah. talking about some stuff. For real estate, I know what I'm talking about. But like uh, best example, the finance stuff, I don't. My partner is the finance king, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, that was, that was a pretty cool story how we met. I was just looking for, I wanted hedge fund, ret- hedge fund returns and I got very... Uh, uh, refer uh, refer to him and then we became partners but at the end of the day it's just what I like what I do best is when I look for talent and when I see talent I build a business around them because I know how to market yeah. so it's very straightforward like if I see talent I can build a business around it mm-hmm. it's that simple are you at the point where you can look at a business and be like I know how to take this from here oh, yeah. to here yeah 100% just because you've done it so many times so, so many I like I'll, I'll study the competition I'll see like what's what's going right what's going wrong I'll look at the type of traction that they're getting as of right now what you can be done um, but yeah man all day it's fun yeah. enjoy to do this. is there is there any story that you have that stands out in your mind that's like you know just listening to what you're saying, I'm just, we're like so like There's interested. A lot of stories. So yeah. what's, what, what's one story that you were like, damn, this really changed my life, or this was something that you know, good or bad, either one. Um, you know what? From the, I would say the, you know, the 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 defeats I took in in the industry in my twenties was probably the, you know, the it was good and bad, right? The ones that we talked about earlier. Yeah. But you know what? It, it it there's a new story every month. I I can't pinpoint one right off the bat. Sure. Yeah. It's crazy. So, so from all your career, what is like some advice you could give to the young entrepreneur, the content creator, or the real estate out there. Just that was f- just fail forward, man. It's yeah. the best advice I could give you. Just make sure you take some hits along the way. Honestly, it's funny because every CEO is taking hits. Zuckerberg took hits. Uh, Amazon, Jeff Bezos had a stupid, like, f- like phone that he threw out. Like, he lost billions on that. So it's like yeah. people don't really talk about, like, the hits that these people take. Steve Jobs took hits. Like, everyone took hits, but no one talks about it. I'm the guy that likes to talk about them because I'm like, it's where you're going to learn, right? Um, but at the end of the day, it's uh, there's they're just just take hits. At 20 years old, you better be like, and read books. Read yeah. books and fail and don't care about money. Um, you'll make money. Most of, most of people's wealth are built between 40 and 60 anyways. But um, Jack Moss was, I think he started at like 32, 33. Yeah. Um, even Basil's worked at freaking McDonald's in yeah. 84 or 89 or something, right? So, like, these guys all did their thing, man. And people, it doesn't matter what age you start at. Like, there's just, yeah, just take your hits and read a lot of books. Is the saying more money, more problems true? Uh, not for me, man. No? Okay. No. Good to, good I've heard people say it. Though. I've had friends say the same. I think tax reasons, yeah, it sucks. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely more problems that way. Um. Honestly, like I said, like I've had my hits. I think I've lost more money than I made in my life. Just a heads up. I just had a few hot hot years, right? But um, yeah, it comes and goes, man. It's just money. You guys are twenty one. You'll realize it's nothing. Okay. What yeah. about it's, it's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> what about the saying that money can't buy happiness? Uh, that's yeah. Think so. Yeah, it's, it's at the end of the day. Like, I, it depends what type of money. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that would you rather be broke or not have money, right? Money's going to bring some type of happiness, yeah. right? I think, yeah, it's going to get to a point where you'll have all your toys. And you're like, hey, this doesn't make me happy. So I think assets won't make you happy or, or toys won't make you happy. But money at the end of the day can bring some happiness, right? You have money to invest in another business. Now, I th- once again, we could go back to that. For me, money, money brings happiness because I get money and I could put it into something else. It's an engine to put into another business. So I guess you could say the businesses make me happy. So if you're making money, you're not doing shit with it yeah it probably it's probably mis- you're probably miserable yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just that would suck yeah. yeah so yeah it depends what you do with the money i would say that's for sure you know i have friends that give a lot of money to charity i have a lot of friends that are like me that love businesses they like opening up different stuff um yeah man just keep building stuff generational wealth try to get to that point i like that 21 years old uh, man yeah I know. <laughs> I think this is the perfect way to end off the podcast. Yes. So make sure to check them out. We'll tag everything in the description below. If you haven't already, make sure to check out our Spotify, all the streaming platforms. We're live every Tuesday morning at 11.30 a.m. on the UMFM radio station, 101.5 FM. Until next time, peace. <laughs> <laughs>